<laughs> Welcome back to Couple of Makers Podcast. Woohoo, number five. 5.5. 5.2. 5.2. We did 5.1, <laughs> but we didn't record it because Josh doesn't know how to press one big red button. <laughs> but we've taught him. All right. He's learnt. I've learnt. We can see it. It's recording. Josh is now... Keep his eye on it. I'm keeping my eye. I will eye on look it. at it. I can You'll see it from it? here. Okay. Yes. Well, so I'm not don't gonna look think at about it, it I'm anymore. Shuffle my seat and not look at it anymore. So tell everyone what we've been doing this week. Right in the middle oh of Halloween. Oh my gosh, we are right in the middle of Halloween product release week, launch week, I guess you'd call it. Two weeks. Two of weeks. Launch two weeks. Craziness. So two weeks. We usually have about two weeks of intense work before our product launch, getting we everything ready and find that we get in flow state and then we're able to just boss out work. Whereas if we were more Well, some organized. people just see that, think that I'm just really lazy and leave things to the last minute. I don't agree with that because <laughs> I know that I get a lot of work done when I have to. You just massage the situation as to how you think exactly. it should be Exactly. And when, when there's only two weeks to go and I have to design, print, mold, and, you know, test, test and release. And then design photos, again and, design and then print again. again. <laughs> nine new products. I get my move on. So it's not nine anymore. We were a little yeah. bit ambitious with that. So we've kind of adjusted the range a little bit well not ambitious i think we there was there was some we we kind of got rid of because we after print like seeing some prototypes and things we just weren't quite 100 percent on them they just weren't yeah it just didn't have that that really like wow factor that all of our other products do so one of them will i'll bring up the vampire like vampire you know cool it's a horror theme like it it fits but to me we did a bit of the research on on what people are searching for and and what what is available and there's a couple out there the vampire themed ones so there are so many different types of vampires as well like you've got your twilight vampire sparkly twilight i did think of a sparkle one (laughs) (laughs) and then you've got your really intense horror type vampires so we just couldn't find Dracula. Dracula. We couldn't find one that worked, so we just scrapped it. But then allowed for now. For benched that, it. we benched it. Benched it, but that then allowed us to the products that we do have are actually, I think, better than what we had envisioned them to be. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then there's the, the massive improvements, and there's products that I we weren't even going to do, like in terms of types of products. Like there's a cock ring now that that we weren't going to that do. we weren't going to do. That's really just a cool little you know extra little thing that people can buy so so it's uh, always such a fun process sorry i cut you off then i was just gonna say i'm pumped which yeah. is basically what you were gonna say well i was just gonna say it's such a fun process because we come up with these ideas and then we execute that and then even though in your head it seems like a good idea when you're actually holding a physical product of what we thought the design would look like it it never resulted in the, the, what we envisioned yeah and i always like to that old stupid saying you know reach for the stars and Reach, aim for the moon, and if you miss, you'll at least land upon the stars. Or oh some my shit. god! All right, let's redo this whole podcast. <laughs> because... But my point is, if I say nine and I get seven or eight, it's like well, okay, it's like great. fine. <laughs> I, I, I I like to um yeah overreach, but yeah, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> done. All right, moving on. <laughs> but we got. I think we're well. So it's the twenty fifth today. And we're releasing everything on the first. On the first. So, so we've got most things done, prototypes done. We've so just we've just got, got a couple. the final colors. Yeah. And then we've just got a couple more that we just want to tweak more sizing than anything. Yeah, more sizes. So we'll have to reprint and remold stuff. But once we get those and we get the colors we want chosen for the finished products, then it'll be photos, graphic design, descriptions, and just figuring out website things that and social media release. posts and stuff Yeah, in the next next few days, which will be fun. So we are on track, I think. Definitely on track. And then 
also what is happening right now is that it is school holidays Yay. we say with angst explain school holidays why do we dislike school holidays so majority of our friends and family are school teachers or in the school system so their lives are based around school terms and then school holidays and then when because it's very hard for us to articulate what we do and and how much we work and our work lifestyle is very different to majority of people they don't quite understand that in school holidays just because they become available it doesn't mean that we become available as well so people expect us to do things or to hang out with them or all these things and of course we want to do all those things it's just really hard when we have our really tight schedule to accommodate that i think it's just very very different lifestyles like we don't get holidays we don't get paid holidays we don't but that's our choice it's our choice and this is definitely not a whinging podcast this it's just it's we're just stating facts in terms of what what it is like to be entrepreneurs versus employees who get 12 weeks a year i think 12 weeks a lot of weeks yeah 12 weeks a year ish 12 ish weeks a year holiday and, you know, they're going away or they they want to have a barbecue or they want to do something and come over or... And that's fine because that's the way that they've decided that they want their work-life situation to happen. It's just then that doesn't correlate to the way that we've designed our life, which is we can decide what we want to do on a daily basis, but that doesn't mean that we then get these great big giant blocks of time. And it's 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 things like, because like, we can do it, you know, if some, uh, one of our friends is going and playing golf or something, it's like, yeah, we can come but we probably shouldn't like we're not in holidays. We don't get that allotted time off. So we probably like, it's, it's really quite hard and really quite frustrating when people offer things or, or expect things from us. And we, we kind of have to say yes, or we do say yes and then regret it. Like we don't regret it, but we go look back at our schedule and go, I would well, say we don't regret it, but then we then need to reevaluate our time situation to then work harder on our company. Yeah. And, People could say that's a scheduling issue, that we need to schedule in more breaks, but we don't want that because the way that we've scheduled our life is that we do it day by day and we don't want these, we don't need to escape from what we're doing. So we don't want these big allotted parts, points of time that we can then go and do whatever we want because we can do that every day. And and like, it's ridiculously hard to tell someone that when they say, oh, hey, like you're free tomorrow, you'll be able to drop me off at the airport, right? Yeah. It's like, well, um, hang on. Like you can't just sit them down and have a 10 minute discussion about why it's not really appropriate for them to even ask that. It's like, yes, we can. If you're in a pinch, we can. But like there's plenty of other people around us that are on holidays that can go and do that or. But they don't want to inconvenience those people because they're on holidays. But the whole point of all of that was that we were listening to um, a Tim Ferriss podcast and he recommended a book called Built to Sell. And we thought that was really interesting in relation to our company and those feelings that we've been getting at the moment about school holidays and really looking at it and thinking, if we needed to, would our company be able to, one, survive with us, without us, and two, could we sell it to somebody else if we needed to? And should we be considering, should we be, scheduling in breaks like because it's not that we don't have the time everyone has the same amount of time in the day it's that we prioritize certain things over other people so it, it, it's it's about the things that emma just said but also about should we you know is looking back yeah. at, at ourselves and going well hang on maybe everyone says we need to take breaks it's like well everyone we listen to all our virtual mentors are saying no don't take breaks hustle get or it done be strategic because i am 100 percent aware of burnout but it's being strategic uh, in that, like, I don't want us to sit here and be like, we work every hour of every day and we're 
freaking awesome. Like it's not that it's just, we like naps. I had a nap today, but that allowed me, that was my downtime to then be able to work at different hours. It's not working nine to five. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So, um, Tim Ferriss recommended this book. We'll put it in the show notes. We had a read of it and it's really, really interesting. And the book's called Built to Sell. Built to Sell. Um, so it's a, it, it's really cool how they've done it. It's not just a, I guess, textbook example of what you should do to get your company. Like every other business book. Yeah, ready to sell. It's more about a fictional story. And within that, the author then is able to illustrate points as to how you actually do those actual points of how you do build a cell, but without saying this is step one, this is step two. <laughs> it's, it's more of a story based. So it was actually yeah. really quite engaging. The thing I struggled with it though, is that um, keeping in mind it was written in 2011. One of the things is that the example was a service-based business. And because we are also a manufacturing we have yeah, a big manufacturing okay, yeah. element to it. It was difficult to correlate that because one of the key themes is that you need to, I guess, simplify your processes and pick the one thing that is getting you, um, I guess, the most amount of revenue with also, um, how would you put it? Like not putting in, it's not, oh, I've just stumped myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you talking about the, like a not risk to reward, but, uh, return on investment type return of it okay yeah that's what i was trying to say when i lost my train of thought but the return on investment and um yeah not over committing i guess and yeah, not over complicating okay. things so that was one of the things that i felt was a little bit difficult because one of our biggest things that we'll talk about soon is we have lots of different products and things like that and the other thing that they were talking about is one of the main things is don't make your business all about you but then our virtual mentors are also saying at this current climate and in personal this... branding is, is the most important, most important thing. And so I think that like reading this book was never about us selling the business. Yeah. Like we're not selling geeky sex toys tomorrow, <laughs> <laughs> but it was about like reading this and going, okay. And, and cause that's what Tim Ferriss said. He said like, even if you're not selling a business, you should be structuring your business in a way that it could be sold because a business that can be sold is a, a business with great processes. It's a yeah. business that flows and that is efficient as efficient as it can be. And so reading this book for us was, which is why it was a bit tricky because it was a service-based business and we're not it, it, trying to find those, those ways that we can improve our processes and remove us from the factor. Because if, if Emma and I disappear tomorrow, there is no geeky sex toys, Yeah, which I'm sure might upset a lot of people. So it was just figuring out, it was reading, reading it and trying to find ways that we could, yeah improve process like we didn't have to go step one all right that's what he's saying this is what we have to do it was just kind of getting those really key points of information and then transferring that to what our situation looks like and we didn't have like an end goal okay we'll read this book and then next week we'll sell the business like there was was none of that like it was just figuring out the processes and because one of the like a point that came up in the book was um i guess like i was saying um Oh, wait, I want to get it up. Give me one second. Okay, so here we go. So it's about saying no to projects outside the scope of your business. And that point for me, I was able to correlate in relation to custom orders. And at the beginning of our company, for us to get sales, um, we would accept any custom order that came our way. And that worked really well at the beginning because we didn't have all these products that we needed to make. But now when we get custom orders, we're having to say no to these people all the time because that's not 
if we say yes to a custom order, we have to say no to something else. And that something else might be creating a new product, which we could sell 500 of. Yeah. And then we make 500 people happy instead of one person really happy with a custom order. So it's that juggling of what we say yes and no to. Mm. And and because our audience and our our customers and our um, community are the most important thing to us. Yeah. So we definitely always want to um, hear about people's ideas and thoughts and custom orders. And sometimes when we have a lot of people saying the same thing, then it's like, okay, well, clearly we need to pro, um, produce a line down whatever the general consensus of yeah. what people want. But it's really trying to, to juggle that because that's not – creating a sustainable business just appeasing to individual people all the time and it's not allowing us yeah it's, it's not a sustain, like it's not allowing us to move forward as efficient as possible so the one of the ways that we then so we recognize that as a thing even before reading this book and then we were like all right so we're not going to do custom orders but we'll do custom colors for the products that we already have so we're like great people if they want a specific color we can do that because we are our toys are handmade and that's no extra work for us then we kind of ran into problems with that as well because how do you make stock of that if you have um, and even with multiple colors of products, there's so many more dynamic and so many more things that need to go into it than just a simple pour and creating stock of a product. Uh, yeah, because it just doesn't allow us to do things like ship it overseas for, for fulfillment or it doesn't allow us to, yeah, like you said, make stock. Like we just, it's saying yes to one thing, which is custom colors or multiple colors of the same product, but saying no to, you know, it, it, it's the exact same for us if we have three products, you know, red, green, blue. Mm. We could have instead of red green blue we could have one two three like we could have different types of products instead of multiple colors of that one product so and i wonder what people would prefer like would they prefer a choice of lots of different products would they prefer a choice of less products but they can pick their own custom color or would they prefer an option of having the products that we have they come in their single color and then we can do a situation like a fulfillment where we send a bunch of our products over to the u.s and then they can get their product faster both everything they're gonna want they everything want it all. They want it all. <laughs> if you ask them they will say oh i want it all i want everything why can't you do it make it like do it but it, it, it's just it, it, it that's what a built to sell is all about really it's creating those those structures in, in a company to allow that to happen eventually over time whereas mm. right now with the two of us we're just going, yeah, 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 let's do this, let's do that. Like, go, go, go. You know, let new product here, new product there. Let's do some custom colors on this one. And it, it's not structured mm. enough to allow that. And because we want it now. Like, we want to we want to have the best, greatest company in the world right now. And I think because even with this book, like, the example that was in the book is that the person who was running their company, they were saying yes to anything that was coming their way because something that was coming their way was money. So then yeah. they weren't then evaluating what we were saying before as to what the actual reward of that was. So at the beginning of our company as well, we would take on anything because we needed money to continue to grow yeah. our company. <laughs> Just so because we quit our job. So it's like, well, yeah, of course we're going to take a custom order if that's a decent paying custom order. But now we have to, even though maybe at the short term that's going to reduce our sales like say say we got rid of all our color options that may reduce our sales at the beginning but then that frees up our time to then set up the processes that are more um streamlined i guess for the future yeah and and that's that's i guess that's one of those decisions that this podcast is great for because we can we can look at that and go and you know we're not coming to many conclusions on here but at least we're raising some of the issues and, and and if the issue is custom colors or multiple colors of the same product then 
it's great that we've identified that and we can then go back and talk about it later and, and, and look at the data and look at the stats and look mm. at if people, maybe we can do some A-B testing in terms of whether or not people will still buy the product if they only get one choice in color or whether, like if it's the product they want or if it's the color. And I yeah. think it's a bit of both. It's obviously a bit of both. It is. And like if we took unicorn horn, for example, because we've got purple, pink and white, purple and pink are the clear winners. Like white, out of the three, white gets sold the least. Yeah. And the <coughs> purple is purple the is purple is clear winner, but it's not. I I don't know. I'd say I don't know if they would in terms of the graphic design. You've got a single unicorn horn. It doesn't look good in a photo when you've got three different colors. And I wonder the people that bought the white and the pink. If they only had purple, would they buy it for the unicorn horn or for and regardless or if because it was a purple unicorn horn, they were like, oh well, I don't want that because I want a white one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's so a, many things. <laughs> but I, I think. Circling back to the the built to sell thing, it that's just one of those um, examples of a not not built to sell mm. thing that we do. You yeah. know, it's it, it's heavily reliant on us picking the colors and you know talking to the customer and, and arranging what color they want and and then mixing those colors and making sure, making sure the mix is right. Like it's not a factory where you go put this thing in this thing and that thing comes out of it. Like it's yeah. there's a lot more kind of an artistic approach to it, which which completely puts us in the middle of it. Like, yeah. cause if you remove us, you have to either find someone who is equally or better skilled at us in the, each of those fields. And that's another um, point of this book is that they, it says, if you grow, you'll need a management team that can work without you. And if we kind of broke down all the tasks in our company, it, well, at, and I think we need to clarify right now because we find that we um, kind of, misinform people is that we <laughs> say we're a company of two it's not just us two <laughs> we do have a third person so we felt that our social media was lapsed that was it wasn't working and that was one of the most important things for our community to create yeah. a community we so, understood very early on that the community is the only reason we were able to quit our job because yeah. we had a community there that loved what we were doing and was supporting us so we really wanted to give that community exactly what they needed and which we couldn't provide at the time because we're so focused on the company. So we needed someone to take over the social media. So we have Grace. She is in Melbourne. And if Grace, if you're listening, we, we love you, Grace. We love you. <laughs> and every time we say we're a two-person company, we also recognize that you are doing a, an amazing job with what you do. Incredible job. So Grace um, runs our Twitter and runs our Facebook and also um works with all of our influencers and um, people who want to review our products and promote our products. She is the person that controls all of that. And it's so funny because she just works so well in the background. We don't really like that. We never have to, we don't have many meetings or anything. She's just doing such an awesome job that we don't even have to keep an eye on it, which is why when we say, oh, it's a two person company, we just always, we don't forget. Of course we remember, but there's, there's this other stuff happening in the background. And Grace is definitely a part of the company. And she is up like, but when we say two person company, we mean Emma and I working together side by side, 24-7 every day, making the the crucial the decisions, company decisions, making the built to sell decisions, like making yeah. the, in, creating the processes and creating the the framework for the for the business to, to run on. And that's why I think it's really interesting that when we um, apply the principles of built to sell, if we were to remove ourselves from even just one process that we do, what what do you think would be the most important one to do? Yeah, see, that's a tr- that's such a tricky question because it's because it, I can answer that, 
But I, and then I can answer that taking into consideration what you and I like doing. And then I can take like, so if you, so what was the, what's the thing that you like doing least? Oh, see, that's a tricky one. <laughs> the things I like doing the least I'm not doing. So that like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's what I do. That's why we're a good team. But I would say like the one thing that we always say is that we always feel like we need help in the workshop, that yeah. we need someone to come in and help with our production. Which we, we, we trialed that for a little, little bit with someone. Um, there was a whole bunch of reasons as to why that didn't work out. There was like no, no blame. It just, it just didn't, it just didn't work out. And it didn't work out for like one of the reasons it didn't work out was because Emma and I, we, we still have that. We could just do it ourselves mentality. Yeah. And when it's, when you're spending all this money training somebody up, it, it really like, and, and you're like, you're literally handing over money. And, and because it's such a, like, in a, in a normal company structure, it doesn't matter. You've got payroll, you've got this massive loan, you've got a runway, you've got, mm. you've got people to do that for you. But when Emma and I are doing it and we're handing money over to somebody who's coming in and we're training them up to, you know, to do what we do, basically, we look at that and look at ourselves and go, well, maybe we should just be doing it. So then we can focus our, like put our money into something else. And that's so interesting that when you say runway, like we, because we did bootstrap our company, we have had no runway and yeah. we still don't have a runway. So we are heavily reliant on people on the sales to then invest that money back into the company to make it grow. Yeah. So we don't have that big margin of error that other companies do for failure. And for hiring the wrong person. Like we and, got so lucky with Grace that yeah. she's just so perfect that we haven't had to think about anything to do with that because it's just, it's the, the perfect person for the job. And, you know, we actually reached out to Grace and said, Hey, would you like to like, because it was, it was, we just knew it would be a perfect fit, but we can't like, if we were going to set up a big workshop and have employees there and have like, there's so many other things that come with that. And what's interesting is that our idea around that is that we would have people in the workshop making the products and then that frees up our time to do more things like sales. But then we need to evaluate, are we actually the best people to be um, promoting our company, to be trying to get people to become aware of our toys and to buy our toys? Because the answer probably is no. We're not because we aren't, you know, you look at some of the behind the scenes photos that Grace is posting on our Instagram and, and Twitter and things and we don't, we are, we're geeks, we're nerds, but we don't have that, that deeper level that our community really need and want. So maybe we are looking at it completely wrong and that we just keep ourselves in the workshop because we are so But what makes it. you think, what makes you think you're the best person for the workshop? No, I don't <laughs> think I am, except if I had to choose one or the other, I would much rather someone be a kick-ass salesperson and promoter for us to get more sales yeah, okay. to then I completely agree. have people in the workshop later on like if you had to pick one or the other i think it would be that one because then because it eliminates things sense. like workplace health and safety like we can just do what we want within. they can they can work they don't have they're not bound by um our location like yes, one of the most yes. amazing things is that grace was the best person except she's in a different state to us but that didn't that factor didn't come in because like we're in 2018 that you can yeah. <laughs> interact with people and have a very meaningful um we could literally buy vr headsets and sit in the same room as her if we wanted if to we wanted like, to <laughs> um but yeah so i think that you know maybe we looked at it in the wrong way and that we should actually hire someone and maybe have it um another point in the book as well is that if you do have a sales team to provide incentives so yeah because we are so heavily reliant on the sale to then invest into the company, blah, 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 that if you then had the salesperson that the more that they do, then hopefully in turn, the more return we get. So then the more perks that they get as 
an employee. Yeah. So trying to navigate it that way, I thought that was really interesting. And we we forget that we actually aren't the best people to do any of this. It's just that yeah, I, we I are think that we are yeah. doing it, we're, and that's it. It's we're we're not the best person. Like we weren't the best people to start a sex toy company, but we did it, and we were the only people to do it. So therefore, we are the best people to do that. But I mm. think what we're best at is is arranging everybody and organizing us as a, as a team and a company. Mm. And that's why it's really interesting when we were talking about our virtual mentors last week and we added Bill and Britt into that because we watched their journey from a house um, shop to now where they are now. And that was a big leap. And one of the big things that they had to deal with was when is that time to go to the next step? But I think like even though they are that next step and they're in a, in a factory, in a, you know, proper workshop, it's still them. If you remove them them from the picture, they're gone. Punish props doesn't exist anymore. Mm. The same is, is if you remove us from the picture, whether especially if we're in the workshop. Mm. You remove us from the picture, there is no geeky sex toys. So then I guess, what does it even look like? I guess like we need then? to find other um, businesses to model off. So we need to find businesses that have started with a person with two people and expanded to a business that can be sold. We need to have that discussion as well though, because is that what we want with our company? Like maybe we just want it to be a small little operation. We don't want it to be this big thing that has all of these employees um, because there's a lot of issues that come along with that yeah, as well. Like just because there's more people in your company doesn't mean that it's going to be more smooth sailing. It it actually creates a lot more problems. Well, I, I mean, I, I still think that there's going forward into the future, you know, 10, 20 years in the future, there'll be a lot less big businesses and a lot more little businesses because it's so easy now. Like the fact that two people could start a production, like a a manufacturing retail social media company and and make these sex toys is phenomenal and all Mm. with free resources. Like we bootstrapped it from $0 to what it is now. Mm. The fact that two people could do that didn't, couldn't happen five years ago. It just, it just wasn't possible. Like it's not that I'm not saying we're really awesome. I'm saying that we have the resources available to us to be able to do it. And like, so it kind of eliminates the need for things like wholesale and distribution. Exactly. Yep. And that's also since the things that we always need to weigh up is that when people ask um, if we sell our products wholesale, it's a conversation that Josh and I have every single time that comes up because the money at the beginning is like, yeah, this is really great. They're about to give us this lump sum of money. But then that means that we have to sell our products to them with a 30 to 40 to sometimes they expect a 50% discount. So if we just took that percentage and put it into um, an advertising person or employee or employee in the workshop or someone to actually like, there's, there's so many more things. Exactly. There's so many more things we could put that money into that. We just, because we can build our community, especially because of things like social media and the ways that we can communicate with people. We're not reliant on brick and mortar stores to be holding our things. To be People don't walk products. into them anymore anyway. Like yeah. it, it, it just seems silly. So I think that books like Built to Sell are really help us put all this into perspective and kind of prioritize things that we weren't necessarily prioritizing before. And it's really making us think like big picture. What 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 do we want? You know, yeah. and and what do we want geeky sex toys to look like? And what do we want it to look like when we're done with it? Like because, because there will come a time when we are we can't do it anymore. Yeah. Either we we die in a car crash, or, a bit morbid, or we just don't we, want to do it anymore. Or said something like we want a family or we yeah. want to do something else or there are lots of things and we don't want geeky sex toys to be gone forever. So it's, And I want to leave it better than I found it. Like that's yeah. like a rule always is like you leave something better than you found it. So if we can leave geeky sex toys better than we 
found it somehow. I don't know how that works. I don't know who we would leave it to. I don't know who we could sell it to. I don't know. But th- there's no way I'm letting go of it unless it's going to be better than when I had it. Because we are so um, emotionally invested in it because we did create the company. And that's just so. like I wouldn't do that to the, the community. The community. Like yeah. we have an awesome community. I don't care if it was a community of 100 people. Yeah. You know, currently we're a community of 15, 20,000. Like that, that will grow by the time we are finished with it. But there's no way I'm just going to let that disappear or evaporate into some other company like I don't know I just I'm not going to leave it worse than I found it and that's why it's really hard as well because we are such a small niche and that like one of the biggest things that we're proud of is that our products are handmade and that we can release products that are always on topic and um, current with whatever else is in pop culture at that point in time I don't know if that's heavily reliant on Josh and Emma or if that process can also then just be replicated by more people with a better company structure. And and, and so wanted- far it hasn't. So like so far there's yeah. no other company that can do that as far as I'm aware of. I don't know if that's just they haven't figured it out yet. And maybe we are the people that need to figure out how that's possible. And I'm more than happy to do that. I just want to make sure that the niche of what we're doing doesn't get compromised along yeah. the way because yep. that is why the community get behind us. That's why people love our products and support us. And I don't want to take that away from people. I don't want to become this massive um, manufacturing. Well, it's this, it's the compromise. It's that, well, could we service, we, you know, let's say we currently sell service 10,000 people or whatever mm. a year service i use the word service but let's <laughs> say, like we service 10,000 people a year if we could service 100,000 people a year does it make those first 10,000 people does it make their experience less or does it help them like i don't know i don't know how and what does that happen with the type of toys that release and the quality of the toys yeah. and yeah. and that handmade aspect and so many different things and yeah it's really really interesting i think it's just that spectrum of where we fit on versus you know are we a freelance artist or are we a big giant corporation Mm. and i don't think we have the answer to that yet and i don't want our followers who are listening to this to think that we're suddenly that geeky sex toys is um going to be sold and or it's going to be worse or the product like it's the complete opposite of that we want the products and the service like we want our service to the customers and our products to be better yeah and so we're currently thinking and the reason we read that book was to make that happen mm. make it more, make it more efficient and make it more streamlined so we could make our things better not so we could get rid of them mm. yeah so i'm yeah i think that's really cool and i guess we, we don't have just this is a little sidebar like if you and i died tomorrow mm. there is no like geeky's done isn't it it's gone like we should leave the passwords and things to somebody <laughs> <laughs> i feel like we should we don't even have a real will but i feel like we should leave at least leave the keys to the, the keys geeky to the kingdom, kingdom. <laughs> to somebody <laughs> I love how you're like worried about that right now. I don't know. It just it just popped into my head. It's like we're talking about that in a, in a positive sense, but in a negative sense, if we died, it's just not. Gonna, I feel like this is t- not going to happen. All right, if we die, it's tough. Bickies to the community. It's like Soz. I feel like there's other things <laughs> to deal with than ugly, but it's also one of those things where we just we are so reliant on each other. We just expect that it's going to be happy days every single day. And I actually think that would be a really interesting podcast about what plan b is when yeah we, that's a when great it comes idea. to death maybe we should maybe like the whole podcast we could make a plan b yeah and like obviously yeah like we could figure it out in the podcast which would which i think would be really hilarious. interesting because our um we know personally well this is getting really deep but we know how we want the other person to respond if one of us dies yeah and we know that that is going to be a point of tension for our families so i think it would be really interesting if we 
actually yeah, say it on I, a podcast that's a great idea. talking to each other that person can say no this is the wishes we both agreed on this for these reasons please respect that so i think yeah, yeah watch this a, space let's, let's do it watch this space you've said that every episode <laughs> i love it let's let's definitely do a podcast on that so the other just thing i just want to wrap it up is just to thank all of our listeners we have been yeah, overwhelmed there's way, there's way more of you than i thought there'd be yeah so definitely overwhelmed with um the amount of people that are listening to this podcast and we just really want to thank you and would love and thanks to for hear the feedback like we've been getting some really cool feedback from from some of you guys and yeah it just i don't know makes us want to keep doing it and i hope this makes you want to keep listening. <laughs> yeah. So just a big shout out and yeah, thank you guys. to everybody. We really appreciate it. We're Look. working on it. We're working on wrapping up these endings quicker. <laughs> there we go. And we, and, and we promise that like this, the sec, I don't think I'll ever record if we stop, we forget to record or if something happens. I don't ever want to do the same podcast again, I think, because I feel like that one was a little bit disjointed. Oh, I really liked it. No, I think it was way more disjointed than the first one. Oh, wow. I thought it was 10 times better. I think that we, the things we said were a little bit better, but there were some things that I think we missed, but we thought we'd said them. Mm. So I think that if that happens again, I'm just not going to, Yeah, we just won't do it. Cool. Anyway, so if, if it sounded a little bit disjointed, that's why. And I don't think that's going to happen again. Cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.